Good day, ma'ams and sirs. Welcome to the podcast so dope, even Tony Montana would take a sniff. It's me, and as always, the man who's dropped more panties at women's doorsteps than an Amazon driver. He's bigger than the Beatles. Physically. I mean, he's bigger than all four of the Beatles. He sleeps less than a bipolar chick in a manic period, and the gout in his feet seems to be getting more serious. His balls are massive, his penis seen hardly, his doppelganger is the late, great Chris Farley. But he's not half as funny, and he doesn't live by the river. And if there's a girl who can squirt, then it's head that'll give her. Tommy fucking Washington, what's up, man? Yeah, I gotta tell you, I don't like that you ask me what's up every time, because I don't really know what to say. That's like my intro, man. I'm like, Tommy fucking Washington, what's up, man? That's that's just like my whole shit right there. It's kind of like good day, ma'ams and sirs. It's uh, same shit, bigger pile. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, we're just, the world is a cesspool, and we're just pieces of shit, Tom. Yep, come on. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Good news, guys, we got some new mail. Yeah. Uh, this one comes from uh, Miss Kelly Curtis. On Facebook. Yep. Hi, gentlemen. I think your podcast is a great listen. Very funny. Can hear your voices clearly. I've never had a, a hemorrhoid and now have very vivid idea of what one is like. Thanks. Very informative. You guys crack me up. I'll continue to listen and share with friends. Uh, so Pat went to the range on this one and repo- uh, responded to Kelly. Which, uh, I mean, I got nothing else to do. I'm not working on the podcast also, so I might as well respond on social media. Uh, so, uh, our message back was pretty simple. Kelly, we hear you saying that you've never had a hemorrhoid, but after scrolling through your fo- Facebook photos, it appears you have two pains in the ass already. So trust us, you know what it's like. And thanks for listening. Kelly, I hope you appreciate the, f- the feedback. Uh, and keep it coming. Thanks. On, uh, Apple, uh, Nikki Couture. Now, Tom is going to tell you that I'm behind this Nikki Couture feedback. But that doesn't sound like something I would do. Nikki Couture was kind enough to rate us five stars, and her message, five stars isn't enough. She says, these two go together like pigs in mud. They're always a reliable escape into laughter and stupidity, and if I could give them six stars, I would. If you give a man popcorn, he'll have a snack. If you teach him where popcorn comes from, he'll be smarter than Tommy. Does that sound like something I would say? Yes, Pat. Yes. It what? sounds exactly like something you'd say. And I don't think... I think it's a very important to the story who Nikki Contour is. Kotor? Yeah, whatever. I, I don't appreciate that you call her Nikki Contour. Yeah, whatever. You get it. It's a little slip there, I think. Uh, possibly. Possibly. I've met her before. Who do you feel uh, like Nikki Contour is? It's one of Patrick's very good friends, uh, Nicole. What? I know. Nicole? Yeah. Nicole wouldn't spend her time listening to this drivel. Uh, I'm sure she has. Lady. I'm sure she has not listened to it, but I'm sure that you have taken her phone and wrote a review on our page. Tom, I just didn't try even, and slander the good name of Mister Washington. I didn't even go to the Texas Roadhouse with her, where I would have had her phone in my hand to begin with. What are you talking about? Okay, guys, context clues. Pat said on this podcast last week that he went to Texas Roadhouse. Well, Tom, I also. You didn't mention the Texas Roadhouse, and I brought it up. It's weird that you called me out with a week-old information when I gave you the information right there in your palms. Well, Pat, I don't know where popcorn comes from. I'm not that bright. 
That's a good point. Uh, for the record, I had nothing to do with this. I will. Uh, I'll. I'll take that to the grave. Probably. However, if anybody wants to respond uh, on Apple, please use that as a format to uh, let Tommy know how you feel about him. Uh, Facebook, uh, be careful because you know I'm on that shit. I can respond to you on Facebook. I'm ready for a war with words with any one of you motherfuckers out there. Real nice, driver nice. Andy. That's for you. You feel me, Andy? You feel me inside you? It's getting real in here. I think Pat has a crush on Andy. He's a handsome dude. Uh, Andy gave us some feedback. We could like so I keep telling people to write it in because I don't want to forget the feedback that we're getting. Um, we have gotten a lot of feedback. I think this week, um, most people like Monday's episode, but they say that we say um too much. So we we're past and but, and we're on to um. Yeah. Listen. If we took the time to discuss what we were going to talk about on the podcast prior to actually hitting the record button, we might have fewer ums and pauses and weird shit going on. As it were, we just record a conversation. I mean, we really put very little prep work into this. Short of like Tom... I don't like Pat saying we put very little effort into this. There's actually a mouse in my pocket. Yeah, okay. As long as we're on the same page. Because I, if I'm not at work... I'm working on the podcast pretty much. I spend very little time with my family. And really it comes down to being Pat's fault. I this is this is your podcast family, bro. It, it hurts me that you say you don't spend time with your family. Yeah, my real family. His real family. I told you I couldn't talk, Pat. I said it in the intro. Can't talk today, I don't know why. He loves his family. I figured out why I can't talk, Pat, because I am so tired. Because of all the time that I spend working on the podcast, I'm just, I can't form words. I said on my intro that you get less sleep than a bipolar chick in a manic period. It's true. So Andy gave us some feedback. He said, uh, what do you say? Uh, you say, um, too much. And I almost said, I almost said it there. Uh, he said, I was crazy for saying Armageddon's a top 10 movie. I don't which disagree. a lot of people have been texting me saying that, which, fuck you guys, it's my opinion, and it's valid. Griffin, that means you too, bud. Calling out Griffin. Uh, oh, he texted me today, livid that I said Field of Dreams and Fight Club were just okay in Armageddon's a top 10 movie. Fight Club is one of the... I, when I watched Fight Club the first time, I'll never forget. It, there was a bunch of us. Actually, it was the same poker crowd from the Fuck It Me Neither story that I told about the, the come on the lip. And uh, I watched that movie, and at the end of it, they were all like, yo, let's let's go out, let's get let's get some food. And there was a, a food place not very far. This was like a little condo complex, and the food place was like they were going to walk there. And I legitimately... Stayed. I was sitting on the couch. I was like, I'm not going anywhere because I was so fucking amped up at the end of Fight Club that I was afraid I was going to hurt somebody. So I stayed while everybody else went to get food because I was terrified of like my mental state. At the t- I just sat on the couch until they got back. I was fucking riled up at the end of Fight Club. That movie was great. It was okay. Mediocre at best. Uh, <laughs> it hurts. I. It was okay. It was okay. I mean, I don't see what the jazz is about it. Well, you have two of the best actors of the time. I mean, Brad Pitt and Edward Norton. 
playing incredible roles. And I don't know what that chick's name is who's always with uh, uh, fucking Edward Scissorhands there. Johnny Depp. The chick that's always with Johnny Depp. She's in Sweeney Todd with him. She's in all the Tim Burton stuff with him. Uh, she plays an amazing role as well. She nails that like weird recovering addict, but she's not really an addict. She's just like bouncing around from place to place because she's suffering from depression. That role, she nails it. I love it. And she's like that filthy hot, like I just want to do dirty things with her. She's great. All right, Pat wants to look syrup out of her asshole. Gotcha. Uh, chocolate syrup. Never, never chocolate syrup. Any other feedback that you've gotten, Pat? Yeah, the boys back in parts and service. We never even shout them out. Uh, I don't have any special nicknames for you yet, but trust me, they're coming. Uh, Josh and Matt. Josh, uh, man, he just rants and raves all the time. Talks about how funny we are. And uh, Matt, every time I see him, uh, talks about analies. He was telling me a funny story that he was listening to the shit me neither story with his... Fuck it, me neither. Yeah. Uh, with his wife, he was he was he had it in his pocket, and his wife was in the room. Yeah, and she was like, "What? What's that story about? What are you listening to?" And she was like, "What does he mean phased by what you said? That's pretty funny." That's right. Uh, Making it a family show. Thank you, Matt. Damn it! I keep saying ah. Um. Oh, um is much better than ah. Yeah, I guess Andy was right. I'm gonna have to work on this. I I was thinking about this before when Andy said it to me. On and off since he said it to me. I don't like when you call him Andy. He's Andy the driver. All right, Andy the driver. When he said this to me earlier that we say uh and um too much. Also, my wife said that to me today. But I'm not a professional radio speaker, so that's my thing. And it's either I say those things or we're going to have a lot more dead air in between thoughts. I think that, like the, the issue is that it shows that we're thinking of what we want to say, which is better than like pre-scripting what we're going to say. But when all of this is coming off of the cuff, it turns into, uh, uh, uh. Also, depending on where we're at, like right now, you're tired as fuck. Like you're passing out upstairs. We just ate, we just took a little breaky break in the middle of the podcast to have some chicken wings. Um, I have quite a bit of energy right now. But, I do not. Right, but so you're also like you're you're not just uh and ah, you're also stumbling over every other word that you say. True story. True story. Uh, that's why nobody listens to our podcast. So maybe we get coked up and do this show and then there's never an issue of uhs and ahs anymore, but people will have to listen to it in slow motion to understand what the fuck we're saying. This is gonna get way off of the mail like our mail time topic. But have you ever heard the story about the guy at work putting an e-pill up his ass? Yes. It's but that was like a super common delivery method at one point. Not that I ever put actually anything up my ass. Pat is winking at me like crazy right now. I am not fucking winking at you, <laughs> asshole. No, really. Like uh, Even like siphoning beer up your ass at one point was a huge deal. They did it on jackass, too. Well, because you get drunker faster. Yeah, it hits your bloodstream right away. But, yeah. I mean, you could also just snort pills to the guy who shoved an e-pill up his asshole. Yeah, I don't know how all that works. I'm not a drug addict. I actually had a guy explain to me that he likes to have a girl put an e-pill in his asshole right as he's, like, finishing in the bedroom, which I thought was interesting at best. I, I think it's very interesting, but at the same time, very disturbing. Yeah, there's, like... There are very few no-fly zones in my world. That's a no-fly zone. And it's not because 
you know, like a, a typical, like, oh, I don't want people to think I'm gay. No, I don't give a shit what you think about me. Judging just by my voice and the way I stand, most people think I'm gay. It's the fact that I know what comes out of my asshole. And I'm a disgusting man. Like, just jihads on the porcelain throne all the time. And, like, my farts are gross. My shits are gross. Nothing should go near there. I had a girl who, like, desperately wanted to toss my salad because she thoroughly enjoyed it when I tossed hers. It took everything I had in me to talk her out of it. Because I'm I, I was sure like, listen. do it mail time. Because you brought up sticking things up your asshole. I'm just saying. And nothing you goes, all excited you want to talk about it. Gotcha. Nothing goes up my asshole. Sure. And I had to explain to her, like, listen, if you lick my butthole, even if you, like, sneak one in there, like, you're licking my balls, you just, like, throw up a thigh and, you know, lick the, the butt... I can't make out with you for an extended period of time. We're talking multiple brushes before we can kiss again. I realize that makes me a hypocrite, man. You're a weird fuck. It is what it is. You're a weird dude. Me, Versace. Once somebody shot me. And I was just checking the mail. Get it? Checking the mail. All right, before we go any further, I just want to throw this out there. We got new mics. Uh, so if the audio seems a little weird today... It's because we're still trying to figure out the best way to use them. Uh, so I'm messing around with it as we're recording to see what sounds the best. So uh, give us some feedback. Let us know what you think about the new mics. Let us know if they sound better. I noticed that when we stopped talking, they cut down to complete silence. So it sounds like we're <clears throat> uh, like putting a bunch of clips together. While we do that sometimes, that's not what, that's not what's happening. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's, so, it's a bad day for me talking. I also like I consistently get feedback that our sound is getting much better and like the choppiness is getting much better. And you have hit the fucking reset button by getting these new microphones. Like everybody's gonna be like, "Oh, the show is getting good for a couple episodes." Well, I will say this: it will definitely. Uh, uh, there we go again. It will definitely be better long term from now as soon as I can figure out the best way to use these for all I know this is going to sound fantastic in your cars or wherever you listen uh, I don't know it's hard to tell that's why I need people to let me know can we get to the thing I want to talk about the news story that I want to talk about alright let's talk I'm about so that I'm so fucking amped up about this news story day. I haven't, now Pat wouldn't let me know what it is ahead of time so I haven't been able to do no research so when I sound like a moron Tom I is. assure you you know more about this news story than you think Okay, let's hear it. All right. I believe it was in Tallahassee. In Tallahassee, this guy, okay, kidnaps an old man. Okay, the old man, sick, feeble old man. This guy kidnaps him. Keeps him in his basement. The fucking daughter of this old man finds out about this. She goes there. She doesn't turn to the police. She doesn't, she doesn't do like any intelligent thing. She goes and offers herself in exchange for her sick father because he needs medical attention. So the guy takes the daughter, okay, lets the old man go. And we've seen this a million times. There's an actual term for it. It's called Stockholm Syndrome. And a captor will fall in love with... I'm sorry, a captee will fall in love with their captor. So this girl eventually 
falls in love with this guy. And it's it's little things. It's, you know, like, hey, you don't have to stand up, stand up in the basement tonight. You can come have dinner at the table. And she's like, oh, my God, this guy's so nice to me because she's been treated like such shit that she's not used to being treated well. So eventually these two like have a romantic relationship and she's into it and he's into it. He's no longer like her captor. Now he's in love with her. She's in love with him. Everybody's on board. Like people know what happened and they don't give a fuck. They're just fine that these two people are in love. Have you heard that news story? No. That's the fucking storyline to Beauty and the Beast. Because this chick that I've been seeing made me watch Beauty and the Beast for the first time ever. Beauty and the Beast is about fucking Stockholm Syndrome. Disney is a sick fucking complex. Beauty and the Beast is a fucked up movie about Stockholm Syndrome. Watch the fucking movie. You guys are all disgusting, all you fucking Disney fans. That's a fucked up movie. The Beast straight kidnaps this chick's dad. She offers herself in exchange. They fucking... He keeps her as a fucking captor. Eventually, the two of them fall in love... And magic shit happens, and they end up together. And the fucking candlestick, and the fucking clock, and all the little dishes, and Chip the broken cup. Everybody's on fucking board, because Disney is full of crazy people. That's a fucked up movie. No more Disney. The movie's old as shit, Pat. (coughs) First off, so I don't think it was really about Stockholm Syndrome. I think it's a story You think Stockholm Syndrome's new? No, but at the same time, when they wrote the story, it wasn't about Stockholm Syndrome. What would you say it's about, buddy? It's about... I get what you're saying. I get your view on it. It's disgusting. This is a fucked up movie. I'm not... Dis- Listen, I, I never said I was a fan of Beauty and the Beast, even though I thought that's where uh, beauticians came from. But... You did think that. That's <laughs> fucked. But at the same time, uh, I don't think that's what it's about. I think it's about uh, a man and a woman... Like, I don't know how to explain it. I don't think that's really what they were going for there, Pat. Listen, I hit the Google. I, I because hit... at the end of the movie, he's also, like, he goes back to being a human. He's not a beast anymore. And he's, like, a normal person. And he's a very attractive man. Is that correct? So you're saying once she breaks his sickening spell, he becomes a normal person. She broke the spell that he had. Yeah. They needed I, each other. I Literally, you're describing it's a what the captor would assume like that's that, that's a crazy person's sick dream is like maybe she'll fall in love with me one day and we'll just be normal maybe I've uh, maybe maybe that's what I did to Erica I don't know I will uh, I, I will say I hit the the Google to see like am I fucking insane and I put uh, Beauty and the Beast Stockholm Syndrome and what happened was Clearly, I'm not the only person who's ever had this thought. I'd like to start there. And there's a whole description about how this isn't Stockholm Syndrome because in Stockholm Syndrome, the woman or the captee will develop um, sympathetic feelings for the person who captured them. Like I described, like you're finally being invited to dinner at the table. So he's not such a piece of shit. He must be a really nice guy. Or like, you know, if he beats the shit out of you, then he must have been having a stressful day. So you feel bad for him. It says Belle, I believe is her. I, I got to tell you, I slept through a lot of this movie. It's a, and I also snored. She was not happy. I ruined her Disney movie. And then I woke up and was ranting and raving about fucking Stockholm. She was pissed about that. Anyways, because Belle like stood on her laurels and was like, no, 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 what you're doing is bad. And she never really like 
fell for his bullshit. That means it's not about Stockholm Syndrome. I am not convinced. Google did nothing to deter me from this. There are a thousand other reviews that are like, absolutely, this is a story of Stockholm Syndrome. Disney's a bunch of sick fucks. And I side with them. You also remember it was a different world when that movie was made. That I mean, that was literally like probably 70 years ago when that movie was made. I should mention that uh, I watched the cartoon version. It's not like I watched the Emma Watson version. Yeah, you watched the, the I, old yeah, one. I, I legitimately watched Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, the old one. I'm sure that like the, tons of Disney movies, like The Lion King is from some African story. Um, I can't think of any others right now, but Lion King adapts... Uh, Cinderella was a, a Grimm's Brothers story. A lot of their movies are Grimm's Brothers stories originally that were much more dark and twisted. And Cinderella, the... the Put a the, bow on Yeah. And in the, the, the Grimm's... Ver- I'll silence my phone. Just one podcast, Pat. Just one episode. These people would like your phone not to go off. In the Grimm's version of Cinderella, her foot doesn't fit in the slipper, but she's like the hottest in the town. So he cuts her heel off so that fits inside the glass slipper. So they took this huge leap away from the original story to make Cinderella. I feel like they forgot to take a huge leap in Beauty and the Beast. And somebody wrote a sick, sick story about some crazy asshole who kidnaps people. And they were like, oh, you know what? Just fucking make it animated and don't worry about changing the story at all. And we'll call it Beauty and the Beast and people will love it. People do love it. Sick fucks. So since we're talking about movies, since this is right where you dove into, um, I'm sorry. I was not able to watch Lucky Number Slevin yet. And Pat has yet to watch Cocktail. So I think we're going to have to do that review hopefully for Monday's episode. Possibly next... Or this is Monday's episode. So possibly for next Thursday's episode. That might give us some more time. Uh, just been busy with work. We're getting ready for the uh, what you guys will have already seen, the uh, live stream for Saturday night. Uh, so I just really haven't had the time. Pat, same excuses as always. He's not doing any extra work. So um, I'm gonna give you an out on. Fuck, what's the movie you have to watch? Lucky number eleven. Lucky number eleven. I think that it's gonna be challenging to find on either Netflix or Hulu. Or Disney Plus or whatever the fuck you have, whatever streaming you have. I'll find it. If you can't... And don't get me wrong, we're going to come back to Lucky Number 11 if we have to. But if it's too much of a challenge to find, an easier movie to find is a movie that stars Brad Pitt. It's called Snatch. Not what it sounds like. Snatch is... You'll love the movie. Uh, Brad Pitt plays a pikey, which is like a, a gypsy. And... He, I shouldn't say he's the main character. He's a side character, really, but he has a good part in the movie. Snatch is absolutely fantastic. It's made by Guy Ritchie. Um, you're going to thoroughly enjoy either Lucky Number Eleven or Snatch. Guy Ritchie has this weird thing that he does in movies where the movies will have like six or seven different main storylines, and at the end, somehow they magically all tie into one another, and it's always, always super awesome how it happens. So it'll be a good little twisted movie for you, but twisted in a comical way. That's not a dark movie at all. It's just fucking comical. And Guy Ritchie and uh, all those guys are English, so... You what do you think the funniest benefit. movie you made is? Funniest movie made? That, that you've seen. Like, what's your top, like, we'll say top three comedies? Top three comedies. There's 0% chance Dumb and Dumber's not on that list. Dumb and Dumber... That fucking scene, I, we talk about this all the time, the scene in Dumb and Dumber when 
they're out and they're freezing by the campfire and uh Lloyd his his uh what's the other Harry Harry his hands are freezing and uh he's like he's like oh my god my hands are so cold and Lloyd's like hey uh you want one of my pairs of gloves my hands are actually starting to sweat and he's like you've had two pairs of gloves this entire time and Lloyd's like uh yeah Harry it's the Rockies so that like the scene goes on and they start arguing about something and Harry's choking the shit out of him and Lloyd just musters up enough to go Harry your hands are freezing that fucking scene in that movie kills me ever I la- I I can't la- not laugh thinking about it um, but on top of like everything else that movie's just over the top fucking funny every sequel made was absolute garbage can't got any more it's in top three okay this isn't going to be popular 21 and 22 Jump Street hand in hand that's a pair of funny fucking movies when <laughs> Ice the Cube. second one yes when <laughs> when Ice Cube finds out that Jonah Hill has been bragging about and they gave knuckles about Jonah Hill fucking Ice Cube's daughter is probably one of the funniest scenes. It might be the funniest scene I've ever Dude, seen in a movie with Channing Tatum jumping around, <laughs> just telling everybody how yeah. fucking funny it was. You fuck Capstar. Oh my god. Yeah, that's a good one. That shit kills me. That's probably the funniest part of number two. Yeah. Um, I liked that number two wasn't a typical sequel. Like, okay, so take The Hangover, right? Hangover was a great movie, very funny. And then in the sequel, Zach Galifianakis, instead of like having the baby jerk off at the table, he had a monkey jerk off. And instead of Chow jumping out of the trunk, he jumped out of the icebox. Like it's a lot of regurgitated jokes. So we're taking the exact same brand of humor and just repurposing literally the same jokes. Um, where in in 22 Jump Street, the opening scene to that movie is Ice Cube standing there talking about how this isn't going to be the same case. So, like, winky face to the people watching. It's not a case. It's a movie. He's like, this isn't going to be the same case as before. We're not going to have all the same evidence. as. And he just, like, goes through all these things that they're not going to do the same way the second time. And then the movie is truly a completely different type of movie. It's it's very funny. None of the same jokes are reused. Again, it, it got funnier because that fucking scene is absolute cinema gold. Um, yeah, huge props to 20. I, I went into 21 Jump Street with zero expectation. I thought Jonah Hill's not funny enough to carry the movie on his own and Channing Tatum's not funny. So watching the two of them like come together the way that they did and just be a perfect pair was amazing to me. Ice Cube makes some good, like some funny fucking movies. Ice Cube's always good. He's yeah. a fantastic actor. Yeah. And writer. And writer. Yeah, he wrote yeah. Friday, man. Yeah, all. Shit, he wrote, uh... Straight out of Compton. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how hard he had to work to write that one. Yeah, it kind of wrote itself. Yeah. Uh, but Friday's a classic. So we need classic. a third. Well, you said 21 and 22. That would That's no, that counts as one. All right. So, yeah, give me a third. I'm going to go with, I'm going to pick a parody, but I'm, I'll let you choose which parody, and you get three to choose from. You get Spaceballs. You've never seen Spaceballs, have you? That's all Motherfucker. I knew she was a Jewish princess. Right, you get Spaceballs. You get Robin Hood Men in Tights, which is an absolute... Oh my God, you've never seen Robin Hood Men in Tights. Not the whole thing. What the fuck? I am a Jew, father of us niece. Uh, and uh, 
What? Scary movie. You were picking some of like the dumbest movies that I would never watch. They're parodies. Yeah, I don't want But to. I feel like you have to put parodies as, I mean, those were funny fucking... What, okay, so what are your top three? They come with some garbage like fucking, don't get me wrong, Ace, Ace Ventura was a funny movie, but if you put that in the top three, I'm going to punch you in the ear. No, I was going to say uh, Wedding Crashers is oh, one man. of the fucking funniest movies I've ever Fuck. seen in my entire life. That's a good pick, man. Um, when they're standing on the staircase after Owen Wilson sees the mom's boobs, and he's like, and <laughs> Vince Vaughn comes up, and he, he's like, Claire's mom just showed me your boobs. And he's like, oh, yeah, I just got jerked off at the dinner table. Come at me with some real props. And then his mood completely changes. He goes, how are they? They look good. Blah, blah, blah. He goes, you motorboat them? You motorboat and son of a bitch. That's one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen in my life. Or when he's talking to the priest. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. Vince Vaughn went on a run between, like, he had, what, he was in old school. Dodgeball. Yeah, because old school is where earmuffs came from. Yeah. Uh, old school dodgeball wedding crashers fuck he was in more than that Vince Vaughn just went on an absolute tear of amazing movies because he's so fucking funny well I don't want to say they're amazing but they were good but at the top of that list is stuff is uh, wedding crashers you know what I, I feel like I want to reject my parody idea and I want to put Talladega Nights up there that's cool. not not related to Vince Vaughn though Vince Vaughn and Will Ferrell were in old school together that's where it got me that's what led me to that but the prayer at the table when he prays to the sweet little teeny tiny baby Jesus and his six pound whatever two ounce golden diaper that shit kills me and the fucking commentator when Ricky Bobby has the imaginary fire and Cal Naughton Jr. runs out onto the track and he's like, Cal Naughton Jr. is putting out his best friend's imaginary fire. That is a best friend, ladies and gentlemen. That, oh my God. And when uh, <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen has them all jacked up on the pool table and he's like, name something good the French gave us. And he's like, democracy, crepes. And he's like, what the hell's a crepe? There's a really thin pancake. He's like, oh. No, those are pretty good. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Talladega Nights. That's probably in the top three. So, there you go. I got I got Dumb and Dumber, 21 and 22 Jump Street, and Talladega Nights as my top three. So, I got Wedding Crashers. Um, fucking Step Brothers is a hilarious movie. A very unpopular opinion coming up. I didn't think Step Brothers was funny. At all? No. And I get I get shit for it every time it comes. And everybody quotes it like nonstop. They talk about the balls on the drum set. Boats and hoes? I got to go back and watch it because I didn't think old school was funny. And then like two years later, I watched it a second time. And I don't know what I missed the first time. Old school's hilarious. Yeah. It, I mean, it's truly like a classic comedy film. Um, didn't think it was funny the first time. Step, Step Brothers, I have not had the stomach to go back and watch a second time because I really just didn't think it was funny, which is weird because it's the exact same guys from Talladega Nights, which I think is one of the top three funniest movies of all time. Yeah, I don't understand how you don't think that movie's funny. I don't know, man. When they're fighting each other in the front yard and he goes after him with a bicycle, he's like, you trying to kill me with a bicycle. I don't remember. It's hilarious. Um, man, I don't really, I don't know what, what my third would be. Um, and I don't want to steal any from you. So, I'll have to come back to that. But, uh, our Griff hates Vince Vaughn. Really? Yeah, and Will Ferrell. Doesn't think either of them are funny. 
So I didn't think Will Ferrell was funny. And then I watched, you know, like Saturday Night Live has a bunch of uh, a series of top tens or top whatever collections. So like the best of Adam Sandler. Oh, the shit, best man. I know, I know what my third is. If it, is it going to be an Adam Sandler movie? No. Okay, go ahead. Tommy Boy. Oof, what's a great flick. Yeah, fucking Tommy Boy. That's a... That's I, weird that that's it's Tanner. a guy who looks exactly like you in a film that shares your name, but whatever. You're yeah, not whatever. biased. Uh, yeah, Farley... What do you think the funniest Adam Sandler movie is? Funniest Adam Sandler movie? Man, it's tough because, like, at the time that they were released, with the age that I was... Billy Madison was the funniest one. That's it, what I was going to say. Billy it Madison. was timed perfectly with my maturity level. Either that or uh, Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore's another one that just like, you know, here I am. Yeah, Motherfucker. But, but he came out with all those like in that same era. Yeah. Era. Yeah. Um, and then he got, I don't want to say he got away from being funny, but like then he did movies like Big Dad. And she Spanglish. got older. Spanglish was awful. Yeah. Um, you know what was good? I'm going to get this wrong. Was it The Cobbler? Was that what it was called? I've never seen it. It wasn't terrible. It was about Click Hitting was me. good. I watched that one. Click was a great movie. Yeah. Uh, that new one, Uncut Gems, which I, I went to watch with you and your wife in the theater, I thought was absolutely a brilliant masterpiece. I thought his portrayal of like just a very stereotypical New York Jew diamond jeweler was... It couldn't have been more accurate to what our expectation is, given the stereotypes that are out there. And the finish to that movie was awesome. It was... You never saw it coming. It was absolutely fantastic. So here's the thing, right? It took me a good hour to two hours (laughs) after leaving that movie and thinking about it to realize it was a good movie. Because it, it did such a good... Now, mind you, I like to gamble. Right? Yeah. So, I'm in this dude's shoes. And I'm like... At the end of the movie, I'm like, you're happy for him. He won all that fucking money. And then, no spoilers, gets shot in the fucking face. I don't understand. Okay, is that what this podcast is about? Did you just give a fucking spoiler? Yeah. You're a fucking horrible person. I hope that you go back in editing and cut yourself out. Because that's like the lowest form of fucking life, you spoiling son of a bitch. This movie's this movie's been out for over a year, dude. If you haven't seen it, that's on you now. You're a sick fuck. Oh, then we shouldn't give, be giving away things that happen in Billy Madison and all these other fucking movies. I don't think that counts. That's not a legitimate response. Yes, Rebut. it is. No. Oh my god. First off, we didn't talk about the end of Billy Madison. I know, nope. but we can't oh. give away anything that happened in the movies. We can. That's not a spoiler. Yeah, it is. So you're saying that they can never play a trailer again because a trailer is a spoiler? That's not how spoiling works. No. No, it's not. You literally gave the punchline to the joke before they heard the joke. Oh, there's no joke in matter. He gets shot right in the face. Oh, my God. You're a horrible, horrible fucking human being for giving a spoiler. Anybody who hasn't watched Uncut Gems, he's lying. That's not really how it ends. Right in, like right below the eye. You're, did you ever work with uh, Marco at the Torrington Babylon? Let's get this out of the way. This is completely off topic. 
But it has to be said. My side Pat, of it's not. I'm actually on topic with the movie still. But Pat is going to reference a lot of things throughout our time together uh, moving forward. Pat thinks in his brain that I worked for him or with him, whatever, for about 10 years at Valvoline. 10 years. That's a, that's a good bet. In reality, I worked for Pat for a total of 15 months spaced over probably six years. Or seven. It was about ten years of solid, nonstop, concurrent employment. So Pat thinks that I've worked with all these people that I never even met. Technically, you also would have went to high school with him. I don't know, and no, because he didn't go to tech. Well, anyways, I told that motherfucker when Rocky Balboa came out, right? I told I went into work and was like, dude, I watched Rocky Balboa last night. And it occurred to me he hadn't. Like, by his reaction, he was like, oh, man, I can't fucking wait. I'm all pumped to see it. It had just come out to uh, Redbox. If you, uh, I don't even know if Redbox is still around. It is. Okay. So it had just hit Redbox. I went, I rented it, and I see that he hasn't seen it. So I'm like, I'm going to fuck with Marco so bad. I'm like, I can't believe that they killed him off. And he's like, killed who off? And I'm like, fucking Rocky, man. He's like, what? What are you talking about? They, he dies? And I'm like, yeah. And it's not even like it's not even like the, the, the high point of the movie, right? Like he has this big title fight and he gets killed in the fifth round. Like he just dies from a punch. So Marco is devastated. This is first thing in the morning. Marco's devastated the whole fucking day at work because he's going to go home and watch Rocky Balboa die like everybody's fucking hero. Rocky doesn't die in the movie. He comes in the next day and he's fucking furious because I ruined his entire day the day before telling him that Rocky died. And that's what you get. That's how you fucking don't spoil a movie, buddy. No, it said you ruined their entire day. That's better than the movie. I don't think so. Because once you only watch the movie once before you know what happens. Like, I have no problem with people telling me how shit ends because I'm going to watch it anyway. I hope everybody remembers that. I'm not strong enough to bring myself to the, the low point of spoiling movies for Tommy in the future. I hope all of you do. I hope you text him. I hope you send little gifts. I hope you email him. I hope you send him, like, audio clips. I don't think there's a single person listening to this show that hasn't seen Uncut Gems if they wanted to see it. Every movie in the future, I hope everybody spoils for it. It's you. been out for so long, Pat. Brand new movies. First day in the theater. I hope you spell them for Tommy. Go ahead. I'm going to go watch them if I want to watch them anyway. I don't care. Anyway, so Homeboy gets shot in the face, right? But he just won like $5 million on a bet, on a parlay. And then these fucking dirtbag shooters. I felt so bad, right? So, now nah, I'm a compulsive gambler. Well, I'll, yeah. I guess you could say that. I shouldn't go to the casino. But. So he leaves. Or he wins, and then this dude shoots him. So I leave the movie, and I'm like, like, like I'm messed up about this because, like, I don't know how to feel. You know what I mean? I felt like I was him. You but doesn't I mean? that, by by all accounts, doesn't that make it a fantastic movie? That's like it controlled made, your emotions. It's just like our podcast. People want to yell and scream at us. That's Correct. That so. makes it a fucking the top podcast. In, I mean, this side of the Mississippi, anyways. Well, especially in Torrington. Um, Big time. <laughs> That's, I, you could even say that Beauty and the Beast was a great movie because it controls your emotions by showing mental illness and its current state in America. Well, These sick podcast. fucks. These sick fucks. Every podcast. 
yeah, that that's what it's showing. Sixty years ago when it was made. I don't think it's sixty years old. Look up, look up while I'm talking. Here. I'm doing it. I'm looking it up. So, yeah, but it took me two hours to realize what a good movie it was. I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't know if I can go through the pain and agony again of watching it again because it's rough. You know what I mean? Like when he's fighting with everybody, he's skiing. <laughs> it's about sixty years. 1991 and the end of 1991. That's when it came out? Yeah. The original? Yeah. Wow. So yeah, in 91, they thought ahead to 2020 and said, we, we're going to need to highlight the mental health problem we're going to have then. Again, Stockholm Syndrome, not a new syndrome. So it's been around a long old. time. So it's 30 years old. We should mention, I, this is... Not something that we'll probably ever go in-depth about, though I would fucking love to. I would love to go in-depth on this story. It was a Lifetime movie made for television, so I'm staying topical with the movies. Andy the Driver. Bitch. Uh, the Tracy Thurman story. Oh, happened. she in Torrance. Yeah, that's like ten minutes away from where we are. I mean, it's yeah, it five happened. minutes from my house. It happened over on Highland Net. Yeah. So that story completely revolutionized how domestic violence is handled in... Not only Torrington, but... The country. Yeah, all of America. Because now, like, if, if there's a domestic disturbance call, both people are getting at least handcuffed, or should be getting handcuffed, until everything is resolved. Because Tracy Thurman, if you've never seen the Lifetime movie, which I watched... So, this is a true story about my mother, right? My sweet, angelic mother. Jesus Christ. If... if gets great blowjobs, by the way. Allegedly. If we were watching The Simpsons... She would get mad. She'd be like, no, because he says, eat my shorts, or like, I carumba, and that's bad. You shouldn't watch The Simpsons. But then she would take the remote, sit down next to us on the couch, and be like, let's watch this story about the Menendez brothers who were getting diddled by their fucking father, and then they shotgun blasted both of their parents to death, because that's way healthier for, for us to watch as a family. Or like uh, the chick from Growing Pains, the, the lead character, the lead teenager in Growing Pains, had a super bad eating disorder. So they made a Lifetime movie about her, and she played herself in the movie. And it's all about bulimia or anorexia, whichever one she had. I'm not sure. I think it was anorexia. But that shit was fine to watch with mom. The Simpsons, totally unacceptable. So anyways, we're watching this movie with mom, the, the Tracy Thurman story. So she basically is, she's consistently beaten by her then husband, I believe, maybe ex-husband. I'm not sure. It's been a long time. Pretty sure it was her husband. But she calls the cops, and please, I'm going to try not to slaughter this story, but she calls the cops because her life is going to be in danger. He is going, he's threatened to kill her. He says, like, I'm on my way to the house. I'm going to fucking kill you. She calls the cops. Or he was at the house and said he was going to kill her and left. Either way, he wasn't at the house. The cops get there. They're in the fucking driveway. Two cops, one car in the driveway. So now they've blocked the driveway because there are cars in the driveway. So this guy pulls up to the curb, gets out of his car, walks to the front door. The cops are still in the cop car. He knocks on the door. Now she knows the cops are there. So she opens the door, assuming that it's going to be the police officers. He slits her throat. What do you mean? He slit her throat. I'm almost positive that's what happened. He is a story. He stabbed her in the back like 38 times or 13 times or some shit. What happened was she kept calling the cops because she kept getting beaten. The cops didn't do anything about it. Yeah. Like, and then finally he stabbed her enough where she almost died. 
And but I, I'm like ninety percent positive that he did not slit her throat. He stabbed her in the back a bunch of times. Am I getting the made for TV movie version of this story? No, I watched the movie on Lifetime. Okay, when well, I was a kid, but with your parents? No, with my uncle. Ah, see, at least Tommy's family's a little less fucked up. <clears throat> my parents really didn't. Uh, I don't want to say they really like. They didn't tell us not to watch stuff. We just didn't watch stuff until. Like, we watched age-appropriate stuff, so when I was, like, 13, we really started watching shit like that. Well, I had four older brothers, so age-appropriate was completely different across the household. Yeah, because your mom started having kids at 18, didn't stop until she was 50. My mom didn't have a baby when she was 18, you but she did have a lot of babies. Yeah, you get it. I was exaggerating the story path. I will say, the things that were age-appropriate... I just want to make it clear, too. I think Pat's mom is fantastic. She's a great woman. Donita, I love you. She's sweet and angelic. I don't say that because that's fucking weird. That's the truth. That's a perfect description. So, I was forced to watch, like we, we always have said, when other kids watch Sesame Street, I watch Nightmare on Elm Street. I couldn't tell you which one's Bert and which one's Ernie. I know which two are Bert and Ernie, but I don't know which one's which. And then people always talk about Snuffleupagus. I don't know who that is. I can't picture Snuffleupagus. Is that the same? I think that's Sesame Street. One of them's the Muppets. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know which characters are Muppet characters and which ca- characters are Sesame Street characters. I know Big Bird and the garbage guy. Not Groucho. What was his name? I don't remember. It's not Gonzo. He had a big nose. But I only know that because people that make fun of people with big noses call them Gonzo. I don't know what Gonzo looks like. Yeah, Oscar the Grouch. Ha! Yeah. Got it. For some reason I want to say Grouchy and I knew that wasn't right and I didn't want to say it. Um, I don't... I never watched Sesame Street or any of that shit until, like, never. Boy, we really fucking railroaded this podcast, brought it right into well, a dead end. we're talking about TV shows and shit. Well, we started at movies, then we went to TV shows we've never watched. Well, it happens, bro. We were talking about shit. Um, so we've got our top three comedies. We're going back on track. Top three comedies listed. Yeah. We, I think we can all agree that Beauty and the Beast is one of the most disgusting movies ever made. Absolutely vile. What's your top TV show series? The Shield. There's not. There's not any question in my mind. The Shield is the best television show, and that's all. That's all. Obviously, like your perspective, right? Because everybody has a different opinion. I, I, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. The Shield is a show about a four man. They're, they're called a strike team, and the whole purpose of the show is that the road to justice is twisted. So it's four cops who break the law to enforce the law. So like in an area with gang violence they empower a gang they give them all the guns and all the drugs and all the money but that eliminates all the other gangs and it eliminates all the needless killing because why would a gang go to war with another gang if they can't fucking win so they give all the power to one side so there's no more violence it's brilliantly done it shows how people with the right intentions can become bad people and uh, it plays out beautifully. It's seven seasons long, and every one of them is amazing. It, it doesn't have like a, a spot in it where it gets real dull. I've never seen it. It's fantastic. It's a little bit gritty. I think it was filmed gritty on purpose. You know, it was kind of like I want to say shaky cameras, but the cameras move a lot. Um, this, this, I mean, second oh. would probably be Sons of Anarchy. It was very catchy and had like good cliffhangers at the end of every episode. Sons of Anarchy was good. Yeah, I was gonna go Friends. Oof, Friends is so fucking good. It really is, man. That even Seinfeld, and I never watched Seinfeld. Like Seinfeld was popular when I was a kid, 
but it wasn't really I wouldn't say it was kid appropriate um, but when I got older I started watching like old like the reruns and shit it's hilarious yeah Seinfeld and, but the, all of those I don't want to call it B-rate because B, that's that's extremely insulting to Seinfeld but Seinfeld is in a class with like Golden Girls where I could pick up in the middle of an episode I could pick up at the beginning of an episode I want to watch it I want to watch it all all the time but I can also walk away from it Friends is one of those shows where, like, once once I watch a, a second of it, I have to finish that episode. Luckily, there weren't cliffhangers on Friends, except at the end of the seasons. So yeah, I can, yeah. yeah, I can cut myself off between episodes. But a show like The Shield or a show like Sons of Anarchy, once you start, man, it's over. You got to so watch the whole goddamn People series. People still recommend a lot of shows for me to watch, and I don't watch them because, like, that's what I did with Sons of Anarchy. So I start watching it. It's on season, like, four, right? Did you start watching season four? No, I started oh. at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the problem is, now, I'm literally staying up all night, yeah. every night, it's after awesome. work, not getting any sleep, and I'm just watching. And I'm trying to watch them with Erica, but the problem is Erica has control, and she goes to sleep, and then I just blow right by her. So now we're on two different things, and I'm not rewatching. <laughs> I already saw that. And I just keep... So I had to stop. I did it with that. I did it with Breaking Bad. I did it with pretty much, oh, we were doing it with uh, Shameless. Like, I did it with a whole bunch of shows. But Shameless hits a very dry uh, weeds, too. Where, like, after the, I don't know, the second or third or fourth season, those shows hit this, like, spot where you're like, well, this is just the same fucking thing I've been watching for the first three seasons. I don't think Shameless is like that at all. Shameless is... Probably one of the funniest shows I've ever seen in my life. The chick on Shameless, what's her name? The I don't know, but she's fucking smoking. God, she's Fiona. Yeah, oh Fiona. my god. I thought you meant her real name. I could have told you her actor name. It's too bad her last name's Gallagher. <laughs> I, see, I see what you did there. Yeah. Um, another great show that's on Showtime is uh, Ray Donovan. Have you ever watched that? No. That's a fan. Is that the, the sports agent? No, he's. Uh, sorry, Andy, with the Oz. He's a, Andy the driver. He's a uh, what is he? He he like goes in after like famous people and fixes situations. So oh, he's like get, a like a PR guy. Kinda. If you get caught with a hooker, yeah, he pays off the hooker and like he makes situations go away so that they don't go public. That's yeah. what he does. Like Kerry Washington and uh, fuck starts with a scandal. I'm not sure. Never seen it. Oh, that's a good show. But they sound similar. That's not so. That's what his job is, right? So he's very powerful in the movie industry and stuff. But he came from Boston, and the way the way the story the stories played out is he came from Boston. He moves his family out there. They all moved out there. One of his brothers was a boxer, and now he has uh, Parkinson's. He shakes all the time from getting hit too many times. But he owns a boxing club. Um, and he's a trainer. His other brother is a little messed up because he got touched by a priest when he was a kid. And he's a little messed up. And as the story goes on, it comes out that Ray got touched by the same priest. Interesting. Yeah. So it's that's pretty much where I got to. Yeah. With it, and I again, it's on Showtime, so I wouldn't watch it. We yeah, started binge watching. Love it. to drop the fucking spoilers, don't you? I have no idea where it is. Not that's like if you've been watching it, it's like season one, season two. Well, now, if they're going to watch season one or season two, they know it's coming. Another great show on Showtime? Man, Showtime's got a lot of bangers. Um, Why don't you tell us about the end? Billions. 
Never you ever seen, seen that show? No, but I bet you'll tell me how. You know what? I don't feel like I'm going to have to after you give us the summary. Why don't you tell us how it goes? About a bunch of rich people. Now you're learning. Thank you. So you tried to underwhelm me, but you did a perfect job. So anyway, it's about a bunch of millionaires that one of them is the DA for the city, and the other guy got rich from 9-11, right? He was working for a, a firm. I think it was a, a trading firm. And he was supposed to get fired on 9-11. And he ended up skipping the meeting. And it was at the World Trade Center. And everybody else died. And he was on the board for that company. Sure. So he became the owner of the company. That's a pretty good storyline. And But he's shady, right? And the DA's wife works for him. And the DA's trying to go after him. So there's this whole interview. And they're brothers? No. Oh. I don't know why I thought that. I never said one same thing. That got weird. But, yeah. So, it's a great show. Um, I wish... Motherfucker. Gotta stop saying, um... Yeah. See, dead air, Andy. See, Andy's a driver. This is what happens when I can't say, um, buddy. So, yeah. That's what happens with that movie. It's pretty good. Or a show. Again, I stopped watching it. Wish I can get back into it, but I would just if I had like a good three months off from work, one I could focus on this podcast so I could stop saying I'm on it. But I also could get caught up on all these shows. Did you watch Justified with Timothy Oliphant? No. Fucking classic. Is it a movie or show? Show. That's a good one. Not many seasons. What was the one I was thinking of? Oh, the following with Kevin Bacon. Never seen that either. It's he's a police detective, and the guy that he's after is a cult leader that's why it's called the following he has i think they're called his flock it's so good and it's like this thriller it's almost like a horror movie all the way through but a thriller not like a gory horror movie it's fantastic the whole time it was a very i think it was three seasons but it was so fucking good the whole time the following you should look that shit up i might i might um so yeah we should move on from this i want to ask you is there any news you want to talk about that Real news, not the news that I made up out of Tallahassee. Yeah, like real news. I hope everybody fell for that shit, too. I'm still like, mad about the fucking Beauty and the Beast bullshit. I was like, I have not heard this. How have I not heard about this yet? And then... Turns out you had. You had heard about it because... Well, Pat, I've seen Beauty and the Beast once, and it was probably 25 years ago. Well, trust me, you're not missing much. It's I'm sick. sure I haven't. But then again, I'm not trying to bang a bunch of Disney freaks. That's fucked up, man. She's a sweet girl. I'm sure she is, but, you know, what kind of grown woman loves Disney? Like half of them. Like half of grown women love Disney. Listen, I know one girl that's obsessed with Disney, and it's kind of weird. I bet I know who the girl is, and I don't even know that she's obsessed with Disney. I bet I know who she is, even though I don't know that she's obsessed with Disney. Okay, we'll leave it at that. I'm going to mouth the name now. So nobody else knows what I'm saying. No, that's not. I was wrong. I mouthed it. I took a swing and I missed. He missed. He missed big. That was a really solid guess, though, right? I mean, if there was somebody. No. Anyway. So this happened to me today. I wanted to talk about. This is why I asked if you want to talk talk about anything in the news. So in our last episode, we talked about the mail-in voting, right? Yeah. I pull into my driveway tonight. My phone rings. 
Yeah. Some weird... Actually, this is what it said, in case any of you guys get the phone call. It said... Oh, actually, it doesn't say... Oh, hold on. D-Y-N-A-T-A, Northboro, Mass. Now, mind you, my phone number is in Massachusetts' number because I used to live there. So, I'm like, what's this? And I got some personal stuff going on, so I was like, maybe I should answer it. So, I answered a phone. And it's a guy doing a survey on our pretty much our current political um, statute. Yeah. Like, what's going on with everything. So it's so he asked me to answer some questions, and I was like, I was intrigued. So I was like, screw it, I'll answer some questions. First question is, how do you feel about mail-in voting? Or are you going to go vote this November? And so I straight up told him, I said, if our state's doing mail-in voting, I will not be voting. If it, if we can go in person, I'll vote. And he said, okay. So then he answered, he asked me all these questions. He asked me who, who I like better, Trump or Biden. Um, asked me about Ned Lamont, how I felt about him. And then there's two representatives running in the state. One's a Democrat, one's a Republican. And they went through these list of questions for each one, except at the very end. He said, I'm going to give you some some things that might be said about this Democratic uh, candidate that might, that would be used to convince you to vote for her. And I said, okay. So he said, vote for her? Yeah. And he he read them. Asked me if that was convincing or not, and I said, I said what I said. Never said anything about the Republican at the end. I found that kind of weird. Why would you ask me all these questions about? Well, like, it's probably it's probably funded by the Democratic Party. Yeah, trying to push. Well, no, okay. Even if they're trying to push, they're so also them. gathering data. Well, data. Not to be confused with data. They're gathering data. Herald. Data. You. Crotchety old fuck. That's not nice. Listen, Harold had a rough week. I'm kidding. Harold, you've had a rough week, man. We love you, baby. We love you. So, yeah, I just thought it was kind of weird that they were, and like you said, and I asked him at the end of the call, I said, who are you calling from? Like, who do you work for? Like, what are you gathering this information for? And he said, oh, it's just a national survey thing, blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, whatever. Um, You didn't ask who it was funded by? No. I'd be curious. Yeah, the whole thing. Now that's the first time I'm thirty. I'm gonna be thirty-one years old. This is the first time I've ever gotten a phone call like that. That now maybe I'm part of the polling. I don't know. You know, for polls that they take. Yeah. Um, it was just kind of weird. So I wanted to see if that ever happened to you. And no, every once in a while I'll get a text message. I don't give a fuck where the text message comes from. If I don't know you personally, then I reply stop. So like I'll get things that are like, hey, you know, how do you feel about this? Or you know, who who do you lean towards? And I always just reply, stop. And then they're like, you have opted out of this stream of bullshit. Yeah, I get those a lot for like vape stores and shit that I've gone to. They send me like specials and stuff. I don't know that I'm fine with, but I know them. Like I've been to them. I've I've spent my money with them. I'm good with that. Yeah. Finally, my chair's not the one making all the noise. Yeah, if you guys hear all that chair creaking and shit, that's how Fat Pat is breaking my fucking chairs. Or how squeaky Tom's chair is. Maybe you should invest at least just a dollar or two into this podcast and get a new chair for down here. If I get a chair for a dollar or two, it's going to be squeakier than this one. You go. I was being Can we talk about the hammer since we're on the subject? Jeez, this guy and this freaking hammer. I needed a hammer. I bought a house and I needed a hammer for the house. 
It turns out I didn't. I found a hammer. But beside that, I got a hammer, and I happen to have the unfortunate coincidence that I was with Tom when I purchased a hammer. Now, I myself would have gone to the Dollar Tree, not the Dollar Store, not the Dollar General, the Dollar Tree, and bought a fucking hammer for a dollar. If it breaks, it breaks. You go get another one. It's a dollar. Tom made me spend seven dollars on a hammer. Seven USD. That's real money. Seven fucking dollars on a hammer. That does the same thing for the dollar hammer. It's it's the same. It's comparable. And then I found the other hammer that was free of charge. I had it the whole time. So now I've just wasted seven fucking dollars on a hammer. And all I'm doing is hammering fucking tin signs into drywall in the movie theater. Bullshit, Tom. I don't know what you're upset about. I mean, I've spent way more money than $7 on a hammer you cheap ass. Just, it's bullshit, man. It's not like I'm doing real work where I need, like, I, I don't need, like, a $30 hammer to be, I'm not building shit in my backyard. I don't have the talent for that, or the patience, or the time, or the desire. This is a true story. A friend of mine, uh, Griffin, thought that he didn't have the talent, and I went over his house a few weeks ago, and he's done some work on his deck. It came out fantastic. I did so, a beautiful job on your basement. You did not do any of the work down there. I, I did two rooms down here, man. You watched me do two works and handed me stuff while I did the work. Did you get that stuff on your own or did it get handed to you? Yeah, you didn't do any of the work. I, my craftsmanship is in these rooms. I wish, like, well... Tommy's basement's awesome, by the way. Yeah, it's all right. Pat built it, so it's not that great. Um... I love, how mad, I love how mad you're getting at yourself for being yourself. Like, you've made it seven episodes into this fucking podcast saying, um, and uh, like an asshole. And now you think for some reason it's a bad thing if you say it. Here's the thing, Pat. And again, I cannot stress this enough to you. This is my end game. This is what I plan to do. It may take a few years, but I want this to become my profession. And if I you think, think so. um and uh are going to stop you from that? Do you hear commentators on sports shows or anything say um and the uh, 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 you think they're saying that? No. You ever heard John Madden? Ever? No. John Madden's like, if they're going to get a first down, they're going to have to get where the first down marker is. Yeah, if they want to win, they're going to have to score more points than the other team. Yeah. But he's not saying, uh... If they need to get a first down, they need to get 10 yards. Uh, that's not what he's doing. I don't know. I, I think he got mad and beat already. Early days in the podcast, seven weeks in. Well, no, seven episodes in. He got John Madden beat, man. That's where I'm at. I pick you over Madden. It's not fair, man. Madden was a great commentator. He did it for all those years. They didn't even the fucking football game out there for, for consoles. I assume that was also for the comedic effect of having him commentate those games. Do you listen when you when you play Madden? You have the volume up. Some of the commentary is hilarious. It truly is, and like the the little gems that you can pull out of those. God, which is the football in general, just like the dude. We're like three weeks from football, by the way. I can't wait if it happens. Did you see today that the uh, starting quarterback for the Patriots got hurt in practice? That depends. Who's the starting Is that Cam Newton? Nope. The other guy. Newton got played out like he got beat for a starter? Yeah, he got hired on as the backup. I thought they were going to compete for the position. No. Man, what happened to Cam Newton, bro? 
Well, do you ever see the way he dresses at the press meetings? That's yeah, that's why they put him. That's why they put him in Tom Brady's place. They both dress like assholes. What well, Brady dresses fine. He dresses in a suit. Meh. Dresses the way you're supposed to dress. I don't know about all that. Brady wears fur coats and shit. He's a G. Listen, when you're the goat, you can dress however the fuck you want. And I'm not even a Tom Brady fan. I am. But you have to appreciate excellence, and that's what. Well, I guess we're gonna find out this year if it was him or Belichick. I can't wait. I'm, so I'm pretty excited. excited. For I'm, I'm really excited for football. I'm hoping, hoping it's a good year. Hoping we can uh, get all these games off. I saw the other day too that they're gonna that they're talking about maybe doing a bubble for the playoffs, so everybody plays out of the same stadium. First okay, same two stadiums. Sure. Less travel for your teams, but nice. that takes away the competitive edge. Like the seeding, the way it's done is because if you get home field advantage, that's supposed to be an advantage, especially if you're a West Coast team playing an East Coast team or vice versa. If you have home field advantage, you don't have to take that flight that, you know, and get the jet lag, you're three hours behind, you're three hours ahead. Yeah, Um, I'm okay with them leveling the playing field. For the playoffs? I got no beef with that. Well, you don't. I do. I, I don't think that's fair. Then what's the point of getting number one seed? You might as well finish sixth if you're going to play out of the same thing. Rest your starters week 16 and 17. They do that shit anyways. Not when you're... If you're the number one seed and you already have it locked up, yeah. They don't do that if you're not the number one seed or number two seed. Yeah, but they still won't. They're not going to rest their starters if they're not in the playoffs. And but they you don't have to be number one season. seed or number two seed to be in the playoffs. You can be sixth seed and have it locked up. Have it locked up a playoff spot, and then you're what? You're just gonna rest your players? I'm okay with that. I'm not. I don't like the. I I wish that football players could stay healthy longer so that they could have longer seasons. That would make me really happy. Well, they tried to do that, and they're not about it. No. What well, they they tried to go to 18, right? They tried to do 17 games. 17 16. games, 18 so weeks. 18 weeks, and they tried to take away a preseason game. Which I think they took away a preseason game and we didn't get the extra week of football. Yeah. I think. I'm not 100% positive. I had to go check and see what McAfee has to say about that. Ugh, fucking Pat McAfee. Yeah. uh, So I think we're going to wrap up these two segments, unless there's anything else you want to talk about. Why did you say two segments? Because we did mail time and then we did all the movie stuff. Okay, that's weird because we we recorded it in one sitting, which we don't normally do. Yeah, so that's what I was about to tell the next thing that you're going to hear is our review of the, the the NXT TakeOver 30 match. That's going on this podcast? Yes, sir. Okay, okay. You're a fucking stooge. A little peek behind the curtain. That's coming up next. That's exciting. <laughs> you're the biggest fucking stooge I've ever met. I thought that was a separate entity, man. No, we're going to live stream it, Pat. I don't, I'm pretty sure the listeners know more about what's going on with the podcast than you do because you don't pay attention to fucking anything. I'm here, man. I'm here. I'm ready. Let's do this. That's all you do is you just show up. You don't do any work. I got fed tonight. Yeah. I showed up. I got fed. It's fucking crazy. But anyway, so immediately after me and Pat arguing about how much work he doesn't do, we're going to lead into what we thought about NXT TakeOver. I'm not a big wrestling fan. Pat is, but he hasn't been watching it since COVID because they're wrestling for no fans except for people at home 
No, it's not that, man. It's that they fucking... They Act pretend like, like the fans are still there. The only thing How worse... How do you know that they haven't changed it? You haven't watched it in months. They, so here's what I know that they've changed. Now, like, the people who are employed by the company are the fans. So other wrestlers who obviously are capable of, like, timing their responses, you know, when there's a big body slam, they're like, ooh, because that's what the fans would be doing. So that the wrestlers and the other people who work there are kind of like a f- false crowd and they're providing that kind of feel for what's going on. That's not enough for me. I don't think. I haven't tried. I still don't think it's enough. Why wouldn't you just pump that audio in? Okay, so that's a... I don't understand why they don't with the brilliant minds at those huge corporations. Even that, you could even... You could take old audio and add it in. You could take old digital like copies of fans and put them in. Well, that's awesome. That that's what they're doing with uh, basketball. Did you see the the baseball team? I don't. I think it was the Dodgers. Behind the catcher, they had the homeboy from Weekend at Bernie's, the dead dude, yeah. just sitting with his arms spread out. I think it was a basketball game. No, it was behind the catcher. Unless there's a catcher in basketball now. Maybe it was at both. <laughs> it, it, it might have been baseball. Um, I know that I know that with the basketball games, you could actually pay. I think you told me this. What's that? You could pay to, to like you pay to be shown on TV. Yeah, I so did, you, did it, not tell you that. So it's a, a lot. Oh, you know what did? Some Tiffany's other husband, fat ginger? No, Tiffany's husband told me about it. So you pay and you get to go on screen like you're in the stands and you just live stream it off your computer or whatever, but you're watching the game on your thing. On your computer. How are there not people just destroying that? Like, I would be there eating ultra buttery popcorn with no shirt on, my fat, hairy chest and tits just flopping around and, like, dropping food all over myself. Nobody wants to watch that basketball game. If they pan to me in the audience, it's a bad day. You're a sick individual. Alright, so last night Pat and I watched the NXT TakeOver. With special invited guest, Mason. Yeah. He's uninvited for the next one. He was good. Yeah. What was your beef with Mason? No, it was fine. Uh, Thanks to anybody that watched the lawn. We had a good time, I think. Uh, So we watched it for one reason, pretty much, and one reason only. Uh, That was to watch my boy, Pat McAfee. Adam Cole. What do you think, Pat? Uh, Pat McAfee, probably the best celebrity guest on a professional wrestling event that I've seen. And that counts people who made it much further. You know, David Arquette, still wrestles to this day. Uh, Lawrence Taylor, not that entertaining. Mike Tyson had uh, one job. He had to count to three. And he counted to three very quickly and almost ruined the entire finish. So uh, Donald Trump shaved Vince McMahon's head bald. Snooky did a back handspring. So everybody had their little things. They didn't uh, perform to a very high level. They had Malone and Rodman in WCW one time. That was entertaining, though it was not a true show of professional wrestling. 
Well, especially at, when Rodman left the championship team to go in between games. Well, I mean, Rodman also wore a wedding dress to his own wedding. Makes sense. Yeah. So, Pat like McAfee. Rodman. Yeah, he was a he was hell of a rebounder. McAfee looked like a professional wrestler. He had, like, everything from his facial expressions were down. They told this story of Adam Cole from the beginning of the match through the end of the match. What we'll say maybe five, ten minutes into the match. He went to kick Cole in the face with a, a punt. He was a punter. So... He missed, he kicked the ring stairs, and that started this big storyline of his leg being injured, which is, I mean, that is as classic old-school wrestling as it comes, the the damaged limb. So then Adam Cole had something to work for the rest of the match, so he worked that right leg. Really, just, the, the story was told beautifully. I am well, shocked by how good they did. And he continued to go back to it, he didn't forget about Yeah, injury. no, yeah. McAfee sold the leg. He sold it very, very well. He seemed like he knew where he was and what he was doing the whole time. I, Not to take away from Pat McAfee, because I'm officially a fan as of last night. I wonder if he could have pulled off that level of performance with fans in the crowd. Fans in the stands, I guess. He did that in a very private environment with people that he knew. You know, he, he was yeah, no more... he's been around NXT for a while, so he's known everybody. Yeah, and I'm sure that they I'm sure that they all had tips and tricks to, to help him along his training. So, I, I, I'm really curious. I would actually like to see him get in front of a live audience and do the same thing. I'd like to see him do it again with no crowd. I, he was impressive. Um, it would be nice to see him at least have, you know, maybe a... Maybe a match where uh, they get back together and it's just him and Adam Cole. Or maybe, I mean, he had who? A.J. Hawk. He had one of the guys from his podcast. He had A.J. Hawk with him, Darius Butler, and then Nick Moraldo, who was his best friend. One of his best friends growing up who works for him now on his shows. Yeah, so there's the four of them. It's It's feasible to put the four of them against the four people in the Undisputed Era, which is Adam Cole's click, and have like a Survivor Series style match. Survivor Series style match is uh, it's a it's an eight man tag team match, so four versus four, and it's elimination style. So then you could end up back at the end of that match with Adam Cole and Pat McAfee one on one and kind of have like a second run at their one on one match. You could easily do um, like a schmage finish for the other three on three. You could have them all get counted out. You could have them all get disqualified. It would make total sense for them to cheat Pat McAfee's crew because technically they're the heels. They're the bad guys and all this. So if they like brought weapons into the ring and beat the shit out of the Undisputed Era, but Pat McAfee didn't hurt anybody, the other three would get disqualified. And then you have a beaten up Adam Cole going against Pat McAfee, who's not a wrestler. It just like to kind of level the playing fields, and it doesn't damage the integrity of like the good guy versus bad guy storyline. So that's a thought. And yeah. Survivor Series, not far away. Survivor Series is a Thanksgiving tradition. So that is literally right around the corner. Well, they would probably keep it at another NXT pay-per-view. Which yeah, but they could easily... So NXT goes the night before WWE. Like, tonight yeah. is SummerSlam. Yeah. Which I sadly will not be watching, because last night with no crowd was 
tough enough. But that hey, there's the importance of having a celebrity though, on. No, remember I told you the at least SmackDown on SmackDown they had the video crowd. That makes so SmackDown's the one that changed to Fox. Yeah. So it makes sense that they would dump that type of money into that show. And SmackDown's always been like a B-rate brand, right? Like Raw is the flagship show. So to have SmackDown almost outperform or step up their game first just makes sense. I would imagine that they would do it for pay-per-views too. I don't know. Maybe I'll turn it on to like quick just to see what's going on. Yeah, I might I might flip the channel and see what's going on. If there is a crowd, I might even hang around and watch. So I'm not um, a wrestling fan. I like I got into it for a little bit when Pat was living with me. Um, it's okay. I mean, it's a male soap opera, I guess. It's you a know? rope opera. It's it's fun. Um, but I've listened to Pat McAfee for years now, and he's always talked about wanting to be a wrestler. So I I knew that there was going to come a time that he would do this. I am when it first started out right in the beginning, and they were just grappling. I was like, this is going to be ridiculous like, not you know a strong I mean? start yeah it, I was like this isn't going to be fun you know what I mean and then I think it was when he got him in, when he got Adam Cole into the corner and he climbed up the turnbuckle oh and they were on the outside of the ring so all seven of the people involved so the four guys from oh, and then, the yeah, Undisputed and Era and, and the he, three guys from McAfee's crew him. once he swantoned like he just Start going. Yeah, so Pat McAfee. So there's seven guys outside the ring. We see this all the time from pro wrestlers. We do not see this all the time from retired punters. Seven guys outside the ring, and Pat McAfee, with beautiful form, nails like a senton, swanton bomb off the top rope onto the outside, onto the seven people. Um, Everybody seemed safe. Everybody seemed unharmed, which I was actually super impressed with. McAfee worked really safe. Like, the odds of Adam Cole getting hurt, very slim. Which is, anytime two people are in a professional wrestling match, the mark of how good you are oftentimes comes down to, how many people did you hurt in your career? Like Goldberg. Goldberg kicked somebody's head off into the fifth fucking row, and that person had to retire. Now, like you said at the Hall of Fame speech, Bret Hart has tough times getting through sentences that he wrote. I mean, he wrote his own speech for Anvil, and there is permanent damage caused because Goldberg is an unsafe worker. That's why Goldberg takes so much shit about being a shitty pro wrestler. He was pushed. He was young. They, he was a football player that turned pro wrestler. He had an amazing look. So they just kept letting him win matches. But he was hurting people along the way, which really sucks. Yeah. You know, your guys like Undertaker, your guys like Bret Hart, those guys never hurt anybody. That's why those guys had such prolific careers. Well, well we were watching a pay-per-view. And it was Goldberg versus Undertaker when he bashed his skull open. His own. His own yeah. skull. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Uh-oh. Yeah, Goldberg is a... Uh, man, he's right up there. He's probably in my top ten uh, least admired professional wrestlers of all time. I can't stand Goldberg. Um, but yeah, so he did that. And then he got Adam Cole into the other corner when he uh, hit the rope out remember he hits the rope out Adam Cole lands on his nuts oh yeah yep, and he's yep, yep. sitting there tapping his head saying he's smart yeah so yeah so he's taunting on top of like his ring awareness is good his just presence is good his he's again he plays the 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 injury on the foot very very well and he's taunting he's he looks like a pro wrestler 
Yeah, he did a backflip off the top rope. Beautiful. Yeah. He, he did a legit backflip off the top rope and landed on his feet. Yeah. He looked like a pro wrestler. I mean, he not only that, but he's not a big dude, comparatively speaking. I mean, all those guys seem fairly large. Yeah, he's over but, six foot. Yeah, but he did it with like kind of like grace. And there are a lot of pro wrestlers that don't do those things. So yeah. in some ways, he looked better in the in the aerial part, the high flying stuff, than some guys really ever will. Yeah, I thought he did a great job. Now, mind you, I don't like. I I've told you this. Um, for those of you listening, I've been following Pat for years. He <laughs> jokes about it when he got drunk one night. He bought a ring, a wrestling ring. I think we've all been there. And he had it brought to his house. So I'm pretty sure it's where he did all like. NXT or WWE probably sent people to his house to train with him so he could train at the house. Yeah, and I, he could have flown down to Full Sail University. That's where NXT trains. Well, so, listen, this fight got added two weeks ago, right? There's no, He's been training longer than two weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Um, if he did two weeks at 40 hours a week, which he didn't because he does his podcast and he does all his other stuff, but if he did two weeks at 40 hours a week, he still looks like garbage when he hits the ring. This guy, while we noticed that he was a little bit blown up from time to time, they took some breaks in the match so that he could get a breather. Oh, he was definitely winded. Yeah. He still was in ring shape far more than I would have expected. They say that that's a whole different type of being in shape, right? Like uh, we used to, in, in fight class, we would have guys come in who like work out of the gym and they're just these big brawny guys and they think they're just going to breeze through it and they don't make it past the warm-up. They would walk out. But it's a different type of exercise when you're making contact. In the ring, you're not just making contact. You're also doing cardio. You're also doing aerial. You're also doing, you know, like grappling. And you you have so many, yeah, so many different types of physical activity are going on. Some of these guys should be blown up by the time they get to the ring, like just from their entrances alone. And Pat McAfee, to his credit, doesn't come down to the ring without a mic in his hand. He's talking shit the whole time, which is probably one of the biggest problems in wrestling right now is people don't have the ability to use a microphone properly. They just write whatever's written for them. They do it without passion. It's kind of like in rap music, you hear like a rapper won't use something that was written by somebody else. No matter how good it is, if I didn't write it, if I didn't feel it, I'm not going to deliver it because it wouldn't come off the same. Pat McAfee delivered really good promo on his way down to the ring. Yeah. He did. Like I said, so he got married a few weeks ago. So... Is she hot? Yeah. Pull her up. Let's see her. Alright, I'll pull her up in a second. But he, uh... So I imagine he's probably been training for months. That may be the way he does the gym now. He may do, you know, three or four uh, workouts a week in a wrestling style environment. I would believe that with how which one is she? No. The brunette? Yeah. <laughs> Go Pat. Yeah, she's a smoke show. Man. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I mean the guy's a stellar dude. I mean, just he's a G. He can get anybody he wants. I don't know about all that. He was a punter. I was I was pretty excited. Whatever, man. He's made more money punting footballs than to what you say, the most, what do you say about it? It's the least important job on the football field? No, it's 24 out of 25. It's the second to least important 
According to some guy's opinion on NFL.com. NFL.com, professional sports analyst. Whatever. Who gives a fuck what he says? But anyway. Just the sports world. Just the sports world. Listen, I think punting is a very important part of the game. But that's just my opinion. Just like that guy's opinion is is number 24. I put it at like 10. But um, (laughs) that guy made more money punting footballs than you and I will ever make in our entire lives. That's true. Yeah, so... Good for him. I mean, and now, that, he said in a promo he caught on uh, Takeover one night to Adam Cole when he was building up for this. Yeah, he made a million dollars in seven different professions. Don't let me stick around; I'll make it eight. And yeah, he might very line. well be making it eight. Um, and there's probably not an NXT writer on staff who wrote that line. I don't know who knows Pat McAfee well enough. No, I'm pretty sure he wrote the promos. That's what I'm saying. So you're talking about next level talent in that particular field. This is a guy who, what, maybe a year, a year and a half ago, you were excited because he might, might be getting into commentary in pro wrestling. Now, look where we are. He did the NXT takeover. Right, right. No, no, I'm I'm saying that's since since the inception of the idea. But now this is a guy who's out there performing in front of dozens of fans and millions watching at home <laughs> that's right it was basically a high school wrestling match that was broadcast with really high quality cameras and while I see your point with the crowd size not being big he knows that he's live on TV well not only that but the dude's punted in front of millions of people maybe the crowd yeah, wouldn't but, affect him yeah. maybe he would somehow manage to move up a level I'm not saying he wouldn't perform I'm saying I want to see him perform in front of the crowd because imagine if he has the crowd, if he's starting crowd chants. Imagine if he's, you know, getting people moving, getting people angry, getting people happy, whatever he's getting people. Uh, could he get the crowd behind him one way or the other? Because even bad guys, their job is to get the crowd behind them. Even if it means yelling, fuck you, yeah. that's a good bad guy. Yeah. To get that crowd interaction. Right. Yeah. Uh, all in all, I was, I was very impressed, again, at the beginning of the fight or the man I was a little nervous that it wasn't going to be good and then he just took off man, and started doing showed very good at athleticism um, like you said awareness of what was going on I still like I wonder how much he actually trained with Adam Cole maybe that's why like that he brought that's how they got it all started right Adam Cole I'm sure was up at his house maybe practicing with him could or, be. And then they have him come on the show to do the promo for what started the whole thing off. If you haven't watched this stuff, you can watch it all on YouTube. Adam Cole went into Pat's office. Pat picked on him a little bit. Adam Cole threw a temper tantrum, uh, hit over some mics, uh, pushed Ty Schmidt, who has colitis. Uh, it, was a, it was a good promo going into it, and it brought... So the purpose of a celebrity in professional wrestling, always, the, always the purpose of a professional... Uh, or a celebrity in professional wrestling going all the way back to Wrestlemania 1 when we saw like Muhammad Ali we saw Mr. T um, and it never stopped Wrestlemania is full of celebrities so the idea there especially at Wrestlemania is you bring in celebrities because celebrities bring in a different set of eyes so Tommy who doesn't watch professional wrestling would never have missed last night's show it wasn't an option we went as far as to live stream it because tommy absolutely had to see the celebrity which in this case is pat mcafee 
do whatever it is he was it didn't matter what he was doing last night if he was at that fucking dog show that's on once a year whatever that is where <laughs> you would have been like we gotta what what if he punts a dog we gotta see it yeah, right. so it doesn't matter what the celebrity is doing and Wrestlemania is great at bringing in a new set of eyes because of celebrities um, and this is no different they brought in new people from Pat's show they brought in um, people from all the things that Pat's doing even just football fans who remember Pat McAfee. How many Colts fans? I, I wonder if there's a spike in Indy in the number well, of people watching too. wrestling. He's huge in Indy because he did a lot. Like, even as a punter, he did a lot with the community. And that's why he has such a good following now. Like, he talks about it all the time. He he knew he wasn't going to be playing football forever, obviously. Right. So, years ago, he started building up his Twitter game. He, he, sure. And he got in trouble all the time with the Colts for shit that he would say on Twitter. Yeah, well, I mean, that also works for him, not just against him. Yeah. The more trouble you're in, the more headlines you're in. I mean, this is a guy who also allegedly went swimming in a ravine and got arrested. Have you ever seen that mugshot photo of him? No. So he has this hair right here. Where is that? I just saw a picture. This hair. Like he's a Mr. Potato Head and he changes his hair out as he pleases. This. He had that haircut going oh on? Oh, my God. So he had the long hair? He looks 100 years older there than he does today. Yeah, so he was a rookie. And That's so... So he's 20 years old in that picture, and he looks like he's fucking 50. 21, 22, yeah. And, and now he looks like he's 40. How old is he? He's 33. He's two years no, old. No, he's not. Me. Yeah. Oh, my God, he's so young. Yeah. What the fuck? I guess that makes sense. We did watch him do multiple flips off of the top yeah, rope yesterday. Not, he's not that old. Um so he has that hair like that, but in his, they took his mugshot photo and put it on a t-shirt and because everything he says is alleged because he never got convicted of anything. Yeah. So he says, the shirt, I have one upstairs. It says allegedly on it. I stand behind that. Because it's hilarious. Uh, mine actually has his mugshot and it says St. Patrick for St. Patrick's Day. Thanks. That's pretty good. I get it. But, yeah. Uh, so all in all, I was pretty impressed with it. I hope to see where this goes. I hope he's on more. I, hope I don't think we're at the all-in-all all point. Uh, I put in the description, spoiler alert, so if you intend to watch this match but you haven't and you care which way it goes, please remember that professional wrestling is scripted. They pick the winner. Before uh, the fight. So McAfee lost, which is insane that the celebrity guest takes the L in a professional wrestling match where we all know it's scripted. The celebrity wins. That's how it works. Um, there are very few instances. Like Rodman went against Malone. So it was Rodman and Hogan against Malone and DDP. So in that case, the celebrity has to lose. But David Arquette won the fucking title. I, first off, WCW was a dying brand at the point. But that's why they died. Because they did things like that. Um, but celebrities win matches. They, they do well historically and Pat McAfee doesn't lose in a schmaz finish it wasn't the undisputed era cheating it wasn't anything other than a one-on-one -on -one competition in which Pat McAfee gets bested by Adam Cole which is why I said at the beginning if they did a celebrity uh Jesus celebrity if they did a survivor series style match in the future the very near future and the whole McAfee gang cheats to get a leg up in the beginning of the match. Now you have a beautiful story that can be told. Now you have an injured Adam Cole who previously beat Pat McAfee who's fighting from behind. Because 
if we put this on paper, Adam Cole should have won that match 10 times out of 10. He's oh, yeah. the professional wrestler. Yeah. Now, if you jump Adam Cole at the beginning of the match, hit him with a couple weapons, right? And everybody gets disqualified except for Cole and McAfee. Now you have this arrogant punter versus this injured superstar. And you have a really good story that can be told from there moving forward. They could go, you know, 15 minutes of... Pat McAfee not having to do too much dangerous stuff. He could just continue to beat the shit out of Adam Cole. And I'd even be fine with Pat McAfee winning at that point. And now you have a rubber match set up that could be dragged out with McAfee's schedule and with his ability to speak on a microphone. And Adam Cole, same thing. He's he's great on a microphone. They could drag it out to WrestleMania. If they, or they could just they could close it at uh, Royal Rumble, which would be the next big pay-per-view after Survivor Series. It has a future. So yeah. I hope that they... It, I hope that they... Uh, Take advantage of that. Yeah, I hope they do too. Uh, I'm pretty entertained by it. I mean, obviously, I mean, I consume all media, Pat McAfee, whatever he does. Um, I'm all about it. He has hilarious takes, even in his voice, right? Like I tell you, I listen, I stopped listening to his podcast just because I don't have time, right? But I like listening to the guys just bullshit. Yeah. So the guys that work for him have their own podcast. It's called The Pod. And. It's uh, that guy Nick that that went down the ring with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, his other boy Tony Diggs, Ty Schmidt, uh, Zito, um, and they got a few other guys on there, and they just shoot the shit. Sounds like a great podcast. Yeah, so like I could assume that all day. It sounds pretty much that's pretty much where I took the idea for this podcast and ran with it. Who doesn't want to hear two fat fucks give their opinion on pro wrestling? I mean, that's that's gold right there. I'm sure our viewership or our listenership on this part is gonna tail off. Why is that? Because we're two fat fucks talking about pro wrestling. They're into it. I don't know why. I get text messages all the time. It's getting better. It's getting we're I'm, we're gonna run out of things to talk about. Like last week. Facts. Facts. All right. So uh, let's wrap it up, Pat. Uh, we're gonna watch. I'm gonna watch Lucky Number Eleven. Uh, for Thursday's episode, Tommy found watch. it on Amazon. It's three ninety nine to rent, but he's going to pay the money, an exorbitant amount of money, to watch a movie nowadays. But that's fine. I could buy four hammers with that. Yeah, you could. <laughs> um, I'm going to watch that. Pat's going to watch Cocktail. Allegedly, maybe. allegedly. Um, and we were discussing today about something else we might discuss on Thursday's episode. We might do another review of something different. I feel like I'm supposed to know what we talked about. We did, but as soon as you got here today. Today? Yes, this morning. We are gonna dis- we're gonna review the masked singer. Masked singer. American Idol. You th- Jersey Shore. <laughs> None of the above, Pat. Oh. What are we reviewing? Are you being fucking serious right now? Are you being serious right now? Guys, this is what I have to deal with every day. Um, again, give us a follow on Twitter. Why are you not telling Number them? Why are you not telling them? Is this a cliffhanger? Cliffhanger. You'll never know. It's okay. Neither will I until we talk about it. On Thursday's episode. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter, Number9Pod. Uh, go to our website, Number9Podcast.com. Uh, Facebook, Number9WithTommyPodcast. Uh, YouTube, Number9WithTommyPodcast. Just follow, subscribe. The video from the live stream is up on our website. Uh, I tried to find it on YouTube. I had a hard time, but I got the link somehow, so it's on there. Um, Pat, anything you want to say? 
Yeah, do something nice for somebody, like daily. You know, the I was reading this thing Jim Carrey said about like people shoving cameras in homeless people's faces. I just faces. saw that today. Yeah, so like you donate money to a homeless person, but you also put it on fucking Facebook. First off, you're an asshole. Second, I mean, you're literally you're recording that person at the lowest point of their life and showing people how awesome you are because you throw them twenty bucks. Yeah, that's man. that's like, that's right up there with the thoughts and prayers crowd. Fuck all of you. Yeah, just do something honestly. Well, so here's my thing: you want a target for the nice thing that you're doing. The majority of people out there that are our age have kids. Shove it in your kids' faces how nice you are and how kind you are to other people, so that maybe they'll emulate you when they grow up. It's good. good take, Pat. Yeah, Labor Day's coming up. Um, buy what? Why you? Is it? Fuck does that do with Labor Day? I'm going there. I, that was literally the beginning of what I'm saying. Right. Labor Day's coming up. So if you see, you know, somebody in that bright yellow shirt, some construction worker who's obviously a laborer, buy their breakfast, buy their lunch, buy their coffee, and make sure your kids understand why you're doing it. And don't post on Facebook. Just, you know, Just do post it, it do inside it. your child's brain. And uh, maybe that'll play off well in the long run. Yeah, I like that pet. Thanks, man. Hey, anybody? if anybody has any song ideas for us, too, why don't you guys shoot those over to us? Uh, we have been getting some feedback. Was that a hint? Do I now know what we're going to discuss on Thursday? You know what we're going to discuss on Thursday the whole time. You're just Boom done. goes the dynamite. I know the cliffhanger. All right, and that's the show. See you guys Thursday. I say good day. <laughs>